Welcome to the Science of Broke to Millions to Billions Masterclass. Now, normally I would do my podcast, but based on episode number 104, which is a masterclass on the science of making millions, exactly how I make millions, actually one of the most listened to shows last year, I figured that I would start this year and celebrate by giving you another masterclass and give you all the energy, and then we can go back next week back to our amazing podcast as well. But here's the thing too. There is a science to making millions as I went on episode 104, but there's also a science from a broke business that's just starting not making any money to a business that's making millions and to a business that's making billions. But every single stage is, in fact, there are eight phases of that business and we're going to break down every single phase here today. But remember that every phase, there is also a challenge. And at every stage, if you do not overcome the challenges, it'll be impossible for you to make it. So to me, it's all about understanding each phases. And at every single level, you need to reinvent yourself. How you start your business is different than your first client. Your first client's different than a first 100,000, different than a million. Million's different than 10. 10's different than 100. 100 is different than a billion. At every single level, you have to reset. And most people don't reset. They keep doing the same thing over and over and expect a different result. And that's the definition of insanity. And partly it's because we get comfortable. We don't change. We don't innovate. We just keep doing what works. But what works now eventually will stop working. So let me go over the eight phases. And as a favor, before I start, if you could please share this podcast, if you could please um, subscribe on my YouTube channel. If you could please give it a review on Apple and rate it on Spotify. It takes two seconds and mean the world. And if you like do that, I will do more of this amazing content. So phase number one is called the creativity idea plus implementation. You have an idea. You want to be a real estate investor. You want to have an online shop. You start with a little manufacturing. You want to be a coach, a speaker, whatever business you are. Everyone starts with the creative ideas, right? I have an idea. Now, one of the key components to phase number one is speed of implementation. From the moment that you start your business to the moment you, or whatever idea that you come up with, to the moment you implement it will determine how successful you're going to be. And so fast implementation. The problem at this phase of when you start your business, I'd say from almost from zero to 100,000, it's all you. And it's all you, the customers are not in, and this, you have to figure out, there's two kind of phases that you could put this, right? You're the fisherman and you're going in the ocean and you don't know where the fish is and you're trying to throw the net everywhere, the line, there's no signs, there's no heavy duty sonar equipment because it's all you. Or I could say is you're the farmer and you are going there planting your seeds and you don't know what's going to happen to the crop because you've never done it and you think it's going to work and you know it's going to work, you believe it's going to work but you don't really know. And that is probably the hardest challenge of phase number one of business. And the more calls you make, the more people you talk to, the more people you follow up. Follow up and follow through is the most important thing in business at any level, but especially when you first start out because people suck. You know, I was trying to do a big commercial deal, message the broker. He didn't call me back. He said he would get back to me. And here you are. Like, I want to buy like a $60 million building and I got to keep following up with this guy because people don't want it as bad. They don't want it as bad as you because we become a lazy generation. 
become a world where people just have too many excuses rather than reasons, right? You can have excuses or reasons, but you can't have both, right? You can have mega excuses or mega success, but you can't have both. So this first level of business success is this, right? The more effort you put in, the more you reach out, right? And you have to kind of look at the number for every hundred people you're going to talk to. Maybe you're going to get one, maybe one. And it used to be like that, by the way, in real estate investing. Now you got to look at 500 deals to get one. And that's where people quit. They talk to 10 people. They put 10 offers. They do something 10 times and it fails and they quit. They quit too soon. And then they'll say, oh, I don't want money. Oh, I don't care about making millions. Oh, money's not important to me. I want to be there in the morning for breakfast for my children as well. Right. And I'll go to them 10 years later, say, great. How's that working out for you? what's up with your kids? Oh, we're having problems with him and her or, you know, what college or university go, oh, well, you know, they're not really doing anything right now. So you were there every single morning greeting your kids for breakfast, driving them to school because you're saying, well, I don't want to build my business. And now they're not even successful because your children do not follow your advice. They follow your example. And also too, at this phase, it doesn't mean that you think it's a good idea, that the business is a good idea. At this level, the phase of any business, but especially this level, you have to reverse engineer the process. This idea I wanna do, how much I wanna make, how much I gotta make a month, how much I gotta make a week, how much I'll make a day, right? How many customers do I need? You need to do the math, right? If you want an online business, do you think you're gonna sell 30,000 in the first year on Amazon? You're insane unrealistic expectations. And the mistake that people make at this phase too is I'm going to start with this, right? Maybe makes 100, 150,000, 200,000, and then I'm going to go to this. And that is the biggest mistake that you make because let me tell you something, starting from scratch sucks. Once you get to phase two or three and then you got to start with one again, this other business, it is the worst thing humanly possible. But if you plant a lot of seeds, if you go out there fishing, eventually it will happen because you never lose at life until you quit. People quit too soon and that's not going to be you. Phase number two is having a business model, okay? A business model that is sustainable, predictable, and consistent, right? How do I make this better, faster, more efficient? You know, Adam Coffey talks about the unit economics. Adam Coffey is a business partner of mine. We buy and sell businesses together. You can check him out, adamcoffeyey.com. If you ever want to, you know, you know, partner with you or scale your businesses for an exit, eight-figure exit or nine-figure exit. And he goes, the problem is that even if you make $800,000 a year, which is very good money, if the first 100000 is not right, you can't scale. Because the minute you stop working, you start basically... You stop, the minute you stop working, basically stop earning because it's all you. It means you're good at what you do. There's no doubt about it. You're making 800,000 and you have to think scalability and you have to take a look at your business model. And a lot of it starts with, you know, hiring your first person. And when you hire the first person, um, it's just one person. And that idea is how do I remove myself? from doing the transactional work to doing the transformational work, right? Now, people say focus on your greatness, uh, greatness and delegate the rest. That's just a big mistake 
because what you're good at got you to what's in your bank account. Okay. And your weakness is why you're not growing. Now, if you have to do paperwork, it, like everything is, ask yourself, is this making me money? Or is this costing me money? And at this point, if you're going to focus on the business model, right? A business model is, okay, how is this going to scale without me, without me having to do everything? And even though you technically may not be there, you have to think about it. One of the exercises I would think you would do is you should write out, you map out your whole organization, right? What do you want it to look like? Do, do a pie chart, uh, a flow chart of an organizational flow chart, what that would look like so that you know where you're going. Too many people don't know where you're going. And they're like driving in the middle of the night in the fog, have no idea, and they think, hopefully I'm going to get there. Hope doesn't get that. Hope is luck. What we need is we need certainty. We need to have certainty by creating a business model, right? So if I say to you, can you explain me your business model, right? You have to look at it as my business model, right? Amazon's a business model. Starbucks is a business model. Apple's a business model. I'm a business model. You're a business model. But how would you explain that, okay? But again, the challenge at this level is this, is basically focusing on the things that are going to get the highest feel and not getting stuck into the minutia and saying, well, it's faster if I do it. It's faster if I do it, which brings me to phase number three. This is the scaling delegation phase. Fine, you've got one person, an assistant or someone to delegate, but this is where you need to start thinking about building an organization. And sometimes people say, well, if I hire this salesperson, hypothetically, and it costs me 75,000 and I make 150,000, I'm only gonna make 75,000. But you're not thinking about with all this time that you've been doing, how many more bigger clients you can make, how many more sales you can make because you have a scarcity mindset. And when you have a scarcity mindset, right, you're thinking about hiring people is going to cost me money, okay? Let me tell you the fundamentals of a very successful business. People, process, and profits. People, process, and profits. If you're not profitable, it doesn't matter. How do we become more profitable? People. How do we, what do we do with our people? We have processes. The three Ps are the most fundamental part about this as well. And you need to think about at this level, who am I going to hire next? Right? Who am I going to hire next? You need people to go out there that are either going to relieve yourself of things that you should not be doing so you can focus on the fugu, which I call money, the fugu, or you need to have people that are basically going to, to alleviate some of the work that you're doing that you know at the end of the day it's important work, but it's not something you should do. You have to figure out in your business what is your highest and best use. And the issue problem with this problem is that when you deal with a customer, or you have a process, it's easy for you to pick up the phone and you know you need to do it or you have to go there and give an estimate or because it's easier, right? It's easier, right? And the process of creating, the process of hunting, the process of fishing, the process of high-level ideas, that's the hard part because as an entrepreneur, everything we do, we are expected to come up with an aha moment and it's hard, right? And over the holidays, there was a lot of ideas and I still have not done. It's so easy. Okay. I need to create this podcast, right? Because I don't need notes. I could just speak. It's easier for me to do this, right? But then look at my businesses. How do I figure it out? How do I go deep, 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 
and have a breakthrough and a breakdown. A breakthrough is an aha moment. Aha and a breakout are the steps to make sure. Nobody can do that. The biggest mistake that some of you make in business is the fact that you're going to hire people, that they're going to make you millions. Only you can make you millions because if they could make you millions, they wouldn't work for you. You're the secret sauce. So we got to free you up as much as possible. And then phase four is the growth spurt. Okay. You're starting to have momentum. It's starting to grow. Okay. Because you're doing things, different products and stuff like that. And the biggest challenge is level, you have trouble letting go, right? You still have to be involved in everyone. You're not empowering your people to make decisions. And by the way, that is the difference between success and failure. And you're afraid, but I will tell you, 80% of you is still better than 100% of you. And your inability to let go, to micromanage, and I've been there before, you become the bottleneck. You have to let go, Okay. You think Tim Cook at Apple makes all the decisions. You think Jeff Bezos makes all the decisions. I know these are Elon Musk makes all the decisions. Yes, they can be involved in things, but at some point you're going to have to trust your people. And that is the difference between making millions and just having a business that makes less than a million. Most businesses don't get to a million. This is the game. It's so hard to let go. I know it. I've been there. I've been there. But then the next phase is phase five, spend more money phase, risk to reward. You get to a business, right? And what you saw with Tesla and Amazon, they make the money, they took all the money, they invested in the business, they invest in a process, they invest in people. So you're finally making money, but you're dumping all this business, this money there, because you're doubling down. You're doubling down. You're doubling down. And then what happens is some of the entrepreneurs, you start making money, you buy the car and you buy the bigger house and you take the bigger vacation and you got momentum. So you have a choice. Do I buy myself more stuff and enjoy life because I'm finally making millions or do I double down? But the concept of doubling down sometimes is Amazon didn't make money for over 20 years. Is that you may lose it all. And that's where the game is played right here. You take that $250,000 you want to buy a self-luxury car and invest it in somebody else that work for you. Do you invest it in coaching? Do you invest in yourself? Do you invest in experiences? Do you invest in systems and procedures? Because a $250,000 car is not going to make you money. It's going to give you that personal gratification. You'll be like, well, I've worked hard. I've discerned it. But the question is, where do you want to go? Right? If Elon Musk had almost doubled down, and almost lost it all. Same thing with Amazon. But this is the true process where the game is made from the millions to eventually the billions. But then you got to figure out if I spend more money, my profits may be less. So the challenge is versus risk and reward. Is it worth it? Am I happy just having two or three million dollars? Do I want to make, do I want to be eight figures? I remember for me, one of the biggest things that took my brain to the next level is do I spend a million dollars on Pacino and Stallone? That was a lot of money for an event. This is back there now. Like This seems very cheap compared to what we pay. And if I hadn't spent that money, I don't think I'd be the world's number one wealth and business coach. I, don't, I still use that credibility six years later. Million dollars up front. That was the game changer, right? And there's all the other examples if I had spent uh, the money. But sometimes you got to figure out risk versus reward. That's a tough decision you got to make. So at some point, you're going to have to spend more money to make more money. This is that phase.
And then number seven, pirate versus Navy. You know, this is an example that I use in our trade school. Biggest threat is the trades. And, you know, my partner, Adam, brought me into this business and he wanted to Navy at the business and some former person at GE and a CFO and all this stuff. And I said, we're brand new, right? And in my experience, and I use this experience because we had hired um, in our accounting office, this is about six years ago, someone used to work at GE. And they came in and the first day, I'm like, we need this, they need this. She's like, where's my team? I'm like, mm, okay, but these are these people, but you could need to do the work. She goes, well, I don't do the work. I just supervise the work. And so sometimes people in a corporate environment with big names like Disney and all these big names, they, uh, you know, they're not willing to get down and dirty. We're pirates and we're hunting for the treasure. The tre you know, you're going all there and we don't know what direction is and we adversely. But at some point as a pirate, you can't scale. Or you can have the Navy, but you don't go anywhere because nobody wants to do anything. So at first, at the level of one, two, three, uh, you know, four, we're pirates, right? Even I'd say five is the transition between pirates and Navy. And in the Navy, we got to spend more money. But once you get to this phase is that you can't start with the Navy. You need people to get down and dirty. You need people to claw. You need the people to scratch. And you need the people to, to go out there and bleed for you. And you got to bleed too. And Navy, it's more about a chain of command. So we're starting as pirates in this process. And now we're moving to the, eventually moved to the Navy, right? But most people never get to the Navy process. And that's the difference between big organizations that make hundreds of millions. They're a Navy, they're a process, they have a chain of command, they don't, and that's the hard part. And this is why, again, as the Earl exercise, you should actually, I don't care what business you are, I don't care how new, whether you have one or not, you got to map out the organizational flowchart so you can see what a Navy is going to look like. Um, and this part is a different culture. Right. As pirates, there's no red tape, but there's sometimes no systems. Just kind of wing it. As a Navy, there is going to be a level of red tape sometimes. And this is kind of the, the risk to you, the challenge of this, changing the mentality from your pirates. And that's why uh, Uber, you know, the Travis Kalanick from Uber, if you watch that docu documentary, that TV show that they did, Sears is really good. That's, that was a, a, the difference of pirates. And they had to bring somebody in that was more Navy-like to where they are now. And I think they just maybe start making money now. Um, but it, it kind of happened with many other companies where the founder is not necessarily the person that makes it Navy. Because starting a company is literally like a bunch of pirates. But a lot of people, the, and, but the pirate Navy also is an HR nightmare. It's also all different things. So we got to... We got to go that transition. And phase number seven is the super growth or decline. I mean, at some point, there's a decline because there's new entrants. There's new people that kind of come into the world and compete. And, and now it's so easy to start a competition. Anybody can compete with any one market. Use social media. Start a company today and tomorrow. Um, anybody can compete. Right. And then maybe they, they give cheaper prices or, you, you know, you have a big company that decides to get into it. So at some point, you're either going to have a decline. It's just the, the, the law of diminishing return. Right. And sometimes people have an identity crisis or you're going to have super growth. And usually super growth comes in from a either because you've doubled down, doubled down, doubled down. And Amazon is so ahead of everybody else that just cannot be beat.
they killed off so many retailers, uh, especially online, because they have the database, they have the communities, and for a long time they're making money, but what they do is they invest in everything else, and now they, they lead. I guess that's the difference between billions and millions, right? They just kind of went all in. Tesla went all in, and, and now it's the premier. Now they're making money. But for a time, it was dicey. And that's when you find out what type of true entrepreneur do you want to mean. It's the difference between millions and billions, right? You have to go all in. 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 And then you got to come up with a new product, right? A new service, right? When Jobs came back to Apple, what really took it, it was the iPod, right? And then the iPod led to the iPhone and then iPad and I everything else. So at some point, a super growth will also come from having a new product, a new service that integrates into the community flywheel you already have, right? And that's the point. That's where the game is played right there. And a lot of companies don't reinvent themselves. Uh, I'm about to do an interview very shortly with, uh, with the chairman and former CEO of Blockbuster. What happened between them and Netflix? You'll hear more about that. So make sure you listen to my podcast and, and listen to those. And the last phase is to understand at the end of the day, what type of entrepreneurs are you? Are you an innovator, right? A person who invests in something. Are you a remixer? A person who takes something and creates a better business model for it. Right, there's already the, so innovator is I'm investing something or I'm starting something that nobody did. A remixer is I take this idea but I make it different. I put my own spell in there. Are you a scaler? Right? Are you a person who takes the idea because the remixer takes something, makes it better, but they don't know how to scale it to hundred lo location, right? Or are you an optimizer who basically takes that hundred location and creates a billion dollar empire? Innovators, remakers, scalers, optimizers. Every single level, there's a different skill set of it as well. So hopefully you've enjoyed the eight stages. Strongly recommend you listen to this more than once. All I ask in favor of giving you this free masterclass is that you rate my thing on Apple, rate it on, um, on Spotify. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel and please share this as well. This is the science. This is raw and real. And I suggest you listen to my other podcast because I use my podcast as a way of building relationship and listen to the questions because everyone who I interview, I end up doing business as well. That is the mechanism that we have. If you would like some free coaching, right? I'll give you some free coaching. Once a month, I do this. If you would like me to brand you for free, I meet people I randomly brand. If you want to do business, you want my cash, you want a partner, I don't know what it is. The link is in the chat. There's something we can do together. There's something we can do. Let's get you from one all the way to eight. Now, is it easy? Nah, it's hard. Most people don't make it, but it's okay. It's the game. Business is a game. Money's how we keep score. Listen to this podcast again. Every time you listen, it's going to give you a whole perspective. Also, if you did not listen to podcast 104, the science of making millions, make sure you do. This is exactly the no BS type of information you get. Stop listening to other fluff. This is vertical and horizontal integration of a business model that is going to literally create diagonal wealth. We'll see you next time. Next week, we're back with a podcast.